Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. What I want to talk about tonight is a message that I called How to Have the Best Summer Ever. How to have the best summer ever. And if you guys are like me, you guys might not be like me. I'll just tell you how I am. I get overly excited for any kind of life change, seasonal change, scheduling change, responsibility change, because I think it's going to change everything in my life, right? As soon as the daylight starts lasting until like 9 p.m., I'm like, it's a fresh start. Everything's going to be different. And then in the fall, as soon as it starts to get cold, I'm like, okay, yes. You know what? This is a great time to do something new. I can change my whole life. This is perfect. Every time that something changes in my life like that, I think my whole life is going to be different just because it's a new season. I don't know how it works for you guys, but for me, that is actually not true. Usually, I'm really looking forward to that season or that event or that scheduling change. And then when it gets here, my life still feels kind of crazy and kind of hectic and kind of disappointing. So this is what I want to talk about tonight, how to have the best summer ever. Because summer is actually a great time to change some things in our lives, but we have to be intentional about doing it, right? Nothing changes if nothing changes. And that's where I'm a little bit guilty. The weather can change, but if what I do every day stays the same, then my life will look exactly the same, right? So we're talking about how to have the best summer ever because I think you guys have a great opportunity every summer to really do some things that matter in your life, right? I'm not going to act like you have no responsibility in the summer, but you're a little more freed up in the summer, right? You don't have to be at school at 7.30 unless you have crazy morning practices, but hopefully they're done by noon or whatever. You know, you don't have to be at school for like eight hours the whole day. You're not taking tests typically the same way. You don't have to study as much. So even though summer can still be a little bit busy, you have a little more time to make some changes that you want to see in your life. And if you're intentional with that time, then this will be the best summer ever. And you can look back when you head back to school in the fall and say, you know what? I'm so excited for everything that I changed in my life this summer. And you don't have to change everything in your life, but I think all of us can stand to make a couple of really key changes. And that's what I want to talk tonight about is three things that will help you have the best summer ever. The first is to develop healthy habits. Develop healthy habits. It's a hard reality for me to understand that my life looks the way it does today because of what I've been doing for all the days the past few months, right? My habits are the reason my life looks the way it does. So if I don't like my life, or there are things about it that I don't like, the first thing I can look at is what are my habits? What am I doing to make my life this way? So I want to encourage you to develop healthy habits. Take advantage of the extra time that you have this summer to kind of take a look at things and say, what do I want to be different in my life? If you want your life to be different, I would say develop some new habits. If you want your mental health to be different, let's develop some new habits. If you want your relationships to be different, let's develop some new habits. And there's a couple things we see when we look at the life of Jesus. The first is in Luke 4.16. It says this about Jesus. He came to Nazareth where he'd grown up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. It's basically saying that Jesus had a habit of going to church. We see in the life of Jesus, he had habits. One of them was going to church. We also see this in Luke 5, 16. It says this, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. 
Here's another habit we see of Jesus. He got away from the crowd, away from the noise, away from the people, and he went to pray. So when I'm looking at the life of Jesus, if I see that he had habits and they were shaping his life, I need to be implementing those same kind of habits and let those things shape my life. What do my habits look like? And Hebrews 5.14 tells us this. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You can train yourself to make your life better. Here's what I mean. You can train yourself to make good decisions. You can train yourself to have healthy relationships. You can train yourself to have good mental health. All of this comes from our habits. And when I'm talking about habits, I'm just saying, what are the things that you do every day? All of us have things that we do every day. Some of them we're thinking about and we're putting a lot of effort into. Some of them we're not thinking about at all. We're just doing. But we all have things that we do every single day, and you are training yourself with your habits. So whatever kind of habits you have set up, that's the kind of results you're getting. But the good news is if I can train myself uh, to have bad habits, I can also train myself to have good habits, right? Nobody's life is stuck the way it is right now. There are a lot of things in your life that you can't change. Same for me. There's a lot of things in my life that I can't change. But the reality that's just as strong is that there's also a lot of things that I can change. And that's what's going to impact my life. What am I training myself to do? And there are things that the Bible tells us to do continually. It uses words like continually and never stop and always and daily. It's talking about things like this, reading the word of God, praying, coming together in a church setting, spending time with other Christians and with other believers. What is God trying to tell us here? Hey, have good habits. I'm telling you to do these things all the time because they're going to bring good things into your life. God is teaching us how to have good habits. And he's not talking to us about doing something impossible. When he says never stop praying, he doesn't mean like literally 24-7 prayers are coming out of your mouth. But he's saying, hey, don't go days without praying. Don't go weeks and months without praying. Have a habit of prayer. And when he says things like, hey, take the Bible and bind it on your forehead or tattoo it on your forehead, he doesn't mean literally <laughs> tattoo it on your forehead. I guess you could if you wanted to. I'm not going to judge you. But he's saying, listen, just keep it in front of your eyes. Make it a habit. Make it something that you look at all the time. And when God is instructing us to do these things, it's not because he's crazy and he's giving us a bunch of rules and we just have to do what he says. He's saying, no, these are the things that are going to make your life healthy and they're good habits. That's why I'm asking you to do them. So I want to ask you guys tonight to think of at least one habit that you want to incorporate into your life this summer. One good habit. And if you're like me, you actually have like 20 good habits. And I'm actually going to caution you and say don't try to do all 20 at once. Does anyone in here besides me always try to do all 20 at once? I try to change my life overnight all the time. All the time. All the time, every time, all of it. It all has to change tonight. I'm the same way with like some new hobby I watch a YouTube video on. I'll order all the stuff. I haven't even tried it. I go to try it. I don't even like it. Now I got all the stuff and I bought the good stuff because I read all the reviews. And I was like, well, it's, it's a better deal if you bundle it all together. And it's, then it's like $200, but then I'll have everything I need. I don't want to be doing that. I don't have time to be. You know what's getting me right now? Do you guys see those, uh, those little national parks things where you put the colored gems on the things? Am I the only one who's getting ads for this? Okay. <laughs> you, clearly your guy's algorithm is different than mine. It's like, it's overwhelming, but it would be so satisfying. It's like a picture with all these tiny squares. It's almost like a paint by number, 
but you're sticking these little like jewels on the colored thing instead of like actually painting. And you have these little tools and it just looks so satisfying. And then when you're done, it's like a picture of one of the national parks. They are coming for me right and left right now on social media. That's the only ads I'm seeing and I want it. But here's the thing, I don't have time for that. I don't have patience for that. I don't like things with little parts. I don't want to do that. I tried to get into adult coloring books when those were popular like six years ago. There was part of me that liked it, but so many of them, they just have all those tiny spaces. I cannot sit there and stand to color in all those little tiny spaces. So the point is I try to change my life overnight all the time, okay? Maybe you're not the same, but if you are, my pro tip is just to pick one thing at a time. What is one good habit that I want to implement? And then make a plan for it. How am I going to implement that, right? It's not going to work out too well if I'm just going to be like, well, tomorrow I'm going to start eating healthier. Eating healthier depends on what kind of day I'm having and how kind I feel like being to myself that day. Because sometimes I'm like, well, you know what? Taco Bell feels healthier than McDonald's, so let's make the healthier choice here. (laughs) Neither of those are healthy choices. But when I set really like open-ended loose goals, then I get very weak results. So pick one good habit that you want to implement and decide exactly what that looks like. If you want to get up earlier or something like that, I don't know if any, anybody ever wants to get up earlier, but if you want to get up earlier, instead of saying that you're going to get up at 5 a.m., why don't you just get up 10 minutes earlier than you normally do and take that 10 minutes and give it to God? Read your Bible or pray or turn on some worship music. Start small. And after you've done that for a couple of weeks, okay, you're good. Now you can expand that habit a little bit. Now you can maybe add a second habit. But don't feel like you have to change your life overnight. Little changes make a big impact. I read a book at the beginning of this year, and it helped me so much. I didn't finish it yet, and it's May, and it's a short book. But I am started it, and I'm enjoying it. And it's called... No, I'm going to forget. Oh, it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'm like 10 years late reading it. It was a bestseller a long time ago, okay? But his whole point throughout the book is just, hey, just focus on 1%. Just be a little better. You don't have to be 100% better. You don't have to be 95 or even 65 or even 45% better. Just 1%. And if I do that 1% today and I do that 1% tomorrow and I keep doing that 1%, it will compound over time to where I will be like 64% better or something like that just because I started being 1% better. So take it easy on yourself. Be kind on yourself. We can all do hard things, but we can't all do everything all at once. So pick one thing, be 1% better, and do it every day. That's my first pro tip, develop healthy habits. This summer, the second thing I want to encourage you to do is find the right friends. Find the right friends. So summer is a great opportunity to go ahead and let some people flow out of your life because you don't have to see them in the hallway of your school every single day, right? If this person is not good for you, if this person is not good to you, hello, if they're not kind, if they're not a supportive friend, if they're mean to you, if they're rude to you, if they make fun of you and they try to act like they're your friend, just let them drift away this summer. You can leave them on red. It'll be okay. You don't even have to see them till August. It'll be totally fine. But summer is a great time to do that because You're not surrounded by these people every day. And some of you just need friends that are going to be actually like good friends to you. But I think some of you do need to let some people go who are actually really hurting your life. We all know when we get around certain people, we're not our best, right? That is true for me. 
It, it will never change. You'll be like that your whole life. There are going to be people that will bring out the best in you, and there will be people that bring out the things in you that are not so pretty and not so kind and the attitudes that we really don't want anybody to see. If you have people in your life that are bringing the wrong things out of you, Go ahead and let them go this summer. Find the right friends. And the Bible tells us this in Proverbs 13, 20. In the New Living Translation, it says this. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise, but associate with fools and you'll get in trouble. The same verse in the Message Translation says it like this. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. And I want to be really clear about this. I don't think we can overestimate the importance of who we let into our life. Who you let into your life is impacting you in a really profound way. And that is true for every human on the planet. That's how God designed it. That's why the right kind of people around you is so powerful. That's why I love our church family. And that's why I love communities of believers all over the world. Because you can be surrounded by the right kind of people. And that will impact your life in a huge way. But let's not be ignorant to the fact that when we have the wrong kind of people in our life, they're impacting us in a huge way way. They're impacting us in a huge way. And so many times we see it in the lives of other people, but we don't want to believe it for ourselves, right? We all have that friend who started dating somebody and then they just acted totally different. And then they got into all kinds of stuff they shouldn't have been in. And and we can all stand there and say, oh, well, it's because they were around the wrong people, right? But then sometimes we act like in our life, you know, well, it's, you know what, it's fine. Like they're not influencing me. I'm like loving them. I'm trying to clap for them. I'm trying to keep them from getting into trouble. I'm trying to talk to them about Jesus, right? We have sometimes a long list of excuses for keeping people in our life who are hurting us. So I want to encourage you today, don't. Find the right friends. And I want to encourage you too that this is a room full of people that love and care about you. And I know some of you in the room don't know each other like super well, but I want to tell you that every single volunteer and leader in this room loves and cares about you. But I would challenge you to say that every person in this room actually cares about you too, whether they know you or they don't, because we're rooted and grounded in the love of God, which allows us to be loving to other people. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but it does mean that we care about each other and that we're a family here. So one great place to find good friends is in your church. And listen, here's the cool thing about being in church. You will be exposed to people who are not like you. And a lot of people take that and say, well, there's nobody that I can be friends with because there's nobody who's like me. The best friends that I've ever had in my life and the friends that I needed were nothing like me. Nothing like me. They had different backgrounds than me. They were different races than me. Their life experience was really different than mine. We had some hilarious conversations. Some of them laughed their heads off at me because I just had no idea what they were talking about with certain stuff because our lives had been that different. But it is a gift to be surrounded by people who are different than you. It's not awkward. It's not weird. It doesn't mean that you can't be friends with them. It means that God brought this church family together. So if you're a part of this church, you can be confident that there are people in this church that God has called to help you. He's called these people around you to love you and support you and care about you and to be great friends to you. And listen, the friends who are different than me are the most valuable to me because they can offer a different perspective and tell me when I'm being ridiculous, quite frankly. 
I've had friends who are just like me, and if their personalities are just like mine, then that means we get angry about the same stuff. We get offended and get our feelings hurt about the same stuff. It means that we can have some of the same shortcomings and some of the same problems. I need somebody who's so different than me. One of my best friends that I had in college, <laughs> one time, I'm embarrassed to say this, but we were having, we were having to like put together a rap for a talent show of sorts, okay? You can already tell if I was involved, this was probably not the thing for me to be mixed up in. But she was like, I think you can do it. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it with you. So I showed up for our first like rehearsal, and I was feeling really insecure. I was feeling very stupid. I had to have my brother write my rap because I couldn't even write my own. So I came with like bars, but I couldn't perform them whatsoever. <laughs> so we, we were trying to get into it, and one thing about me is that if I'm uncomfortable, I'll probably be unpleasant. Now, I've grown in this. This was a decade ago, okay? But my natural, like, personality is if I'm feeling insecure and I'm nervous about something, then I'm going to be uptight and not be a lot of fun. So I was being uptight and I was not being a lot of fun. And she finally looked at me, and she was so calm and collected, too. She did it so nicely, but she was like, listen, your attitude stinks, so if you don't want to do this, you can just leave. And I was just like... Well, yeah, my attitude is bad, but I'm, I want to be here. And she was like, well, then you need to change your attitude. And I was like, well, okay, fine. Okay, then I'll change my attitude. And I changed my attitude, and we performed the rap at the talent show, and people lied to my face and were like, you guys did a great job. But there was only one person out of four who did a great job <laughs> in our little performance. So... But the, the, it was so valuable for me to leave that situation and say, okay, I'm a little embarrassed because I was acting rude and I was acting like I had a bad attitude. But I'm so grateful that I had a friend who, was, who did it so kindly but said, hey, your attitude's really bad and that's not helpful. So you can either change your attitude and stay or guess what? You don't have to do this. You can take your attitude and leave. So it was such a good lesson and ever since then, I have intentionally sought out friends who think about things differently than me. I don't need somebody who thinks exactly the way that I do. I don't know, need someone who agrees with me on everything or who's a yes man to everything I say. I need people who will say, hey, you have a bad attitude. You should change it or you should leave, right? We need those kind of people in our lives. And the Bible also tells us this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says this, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So that is to my point of saying don't trick yourself into thinking that the wrong people are not influencing your life in a negative way. Okay? It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean that they uh, are maybe even doing things on purpose. A lot of people have inappropriate behavior and even abusive behavior, and they don't really realize that they're doing it. I'm not giving them a free pass for it, but when people have been through trauma or they've had difficult upbringings or, or different situations in their life, sometimes they don't realize that they're doing what they're doing. But at the same time, don't let people in your life who hurt you. Don't let people in your life who influence you to do the wrong things. Don't be best friends with people whose morals don't align with yours. Or, or over time, your morals will change to match theirs. The Bible's saying, don't be tricked, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. But it also says this in Proverbs 27, 17, just like iron will sharpen iron, so one person can sharpen and influence another through discussion. So this can be both good and bad. We are influenced by the people that we are around, period. 
I can't act like I'm not. I can't say that it's fine. I can't say that I'm strong enough to handle it. And, and I'm just trying to, you know, stay in their life because they need somebody good in their life. Otherwise, they're going to make bad decisions. Listen, you'll end up sacrificing yourself for somebody else's bad decisions, and it's not worth it. But the good news is you can be influenced positively by hanging out with the right people. So if you have issues in your life, like me, like we all do, it's important for me to get around good people because they're actually going to help me with my problems. They're actually going to help me with my issues. They're actually going to help me overcome the things I struggle with because I'm going to be influenced by being around them. It says one person can sharpen and influence another through discussion. So that's my second tip tonight is find the right friends this summer. And the last one tonight, number three, is to connect with a mentor. Connect with a mentor. It says this in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. It's a little bit of a longer passage, but it says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people who are lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. But it's interesting that God is saying, okay, listen, the right kind of people around you, having the right people around you is going to determine the outcome of things in your life. If you're standing alone, it says that you can be attacked and defeated. And every single one of us will have things come into our life that feel like something is like attacking us, right? It's a dramatic way to say it, but it's, it's true. It could be a family situation. It could be a mental health situation. It could be something at your school, something in your friend group. There are things that come to all of us that could take us down and defeat us. So the Bible's saying, hey, listen, though, if there's two of you standing together, you won't be defeated. It's telling us, listen, the right kind of people in your life or for the hard times, you need the right kind of people in your life for the hard times. And that's why I want to encourage you this summer to connect with a mentor. This is, again, something that I love about church is that I'm exposed to people of all kinds of ages in all different age groups that I would not normally be friends with. One of my great friends, her name is Dolores Gehring, and she's Sammy's grandma. Do you know how old she is? She's, great. she's a grandma. I'm not going to say that. She's a grandma. She's older than me. Do you think I would normally, like, run into a grandma and become friends with her? Not normally, no, but the church has brought these kind of people into my life. But those people who are a little bit older than me and a little further down the road than me have made all the difference when I encounter a hard situation because I'm not standing alone. And I understand that it can feel a little intimidating to talk to somebody you've never talked to before, but I've literally messaged some of the older people in our church that I want to hang out with, and I'm like, hey, would you like to go to lunch with me? And I'll just pick their brain about stuff. Like, hey, what do you do about this? What do you do about that? What do you do when this happens? What do you do when you feel like this? They've been there before. Somebody who's 30 and 40 and 50 or even 5 or 10 years older than me, I can learn from their wisdom and I won't be standing alone when life gets hard. So I want to encourage you guys. You guys have life group leaders. You have uh, quarry volunteers in this room. We love you so much and we would love to connect with you. So if you're going through something difficult and you haven't reached out to someone, I want to encourage you to do it. 
I know it can feel intimidating when you've never done it before. I get intimidated to go hang out with these older women because I want to be like them, and they're like my idols, and I feel like I'm going to sound real stupid or something. But Miss Dolores has never made me feel stupid. She always just laughs at me. So, and, But, like, she thinks I'm funny, not stupid. That was a good kind of laugh. So <laughs> I understand it can feel a little bit intimidating, but listen, you are not going to tell us anything we haven't heard before. You're not going to tell us anything that makes us shocked. You're not going to tell us anything that makes us look down on you. You're not going to tell us anything that has us shook and makes us panic. I promise. You can tell me that you got mad and killed your hamster last night. We can talk about it. I know someone who did this at one time. Now, I don't do that, okay? You shouldn't kill anything, no animals, no people. But I'm just saying, I promise you're not going to say anything, number one, that we haven't heard before. But also, most of the time, you're not going to say anything we haven't experienced before. One of my favorite things is that when people come talk to me, and they're, they're telling me, like, whatever, and sometimes they're nervous to be saying it, I can just look at them and say, hey, I have felt that way, too. You're not alone. I have felt that way too. And it doesn't mean, you know, that other people have all the answers for your life or anything like that. But having a mentor, having somebody that's just a little bit further down the road of life than you is so valuable. Because when things get difficult and things are tough and situations that normally would take you down, if you're standing with someone else, then you're going to have victory in that situation. The Bible says, listen, when you're alone, you can be taken down. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. So get somebody in your life who's going to help you conquer things. That's what we're here for in this room, but there's also other people in this church. Maybe God is going to bring some other people in your life. I used to love um, when I got to volunteer in different departments in the church, sometimes you just get paired up like to serve with somebody that you have never talked to before, and I love those situations being like, I love this lady. Like I've never got to talk to her before, but that was so fun, and that became somebody that could stand with me. So find a mentor this summer. If you've never got together with somebody, and you don't have to come and like air your dirty laundry, or maybe you're like, I'm fine in life. There's no like crisis. That's fine. Just go get ice cream or coffee with somebody and ask them how they're doing, right? Or talk to them about how you're doing. Talk to them about your family. Talk to them about what happened in school this year, right? There's a lot of things sometimes in life that we're trying to process. And I'm so grateful that God has made it really easy and we can just sit down and talk to somebody else about it and usually feel a whole lot better just knowing that we're not alone. So those are my three tips for you to have the best summer is to number one, develop healthy habits. Number two, find the right friends. And number three, connect with a mentor. And I truly believe if you do those things, not just this summer, but for your whole life, then you'll find what I have found, which is that it is such a blessing and a valuable thing to be part of a church family that can support me no matter what I'm going through. And I in turn get to support other people too when they're encountering things for the first time. So I hope this was helpful. We love you guys a whole lot tonight. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.